Franklin is a Canadian Marketing Hall of Fame member, entrepreneur, and business leader with 20 plus years experience in consumer packaged goods and sport industries. Currently, he is the Vice President of Partnership Development and Strategy at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, also known as MLSE. Responsible for the corporate partnership portfolio at one of North America's preeminent sport and entertainment organizations. His career is highlighted by senior roles at the Toronto Blue Jays, Weston Foods, Geometry Global, Kraft Heinz, and as founder of Franklin Management Group, a strategic consultancy firm. Julian has woven the foundations of diversity, equity, and inclusion through his volunteer work. Currently sitting as president for University of Ottawa Alumni Council, Toronto Chapter, Board of Directors for Golf Ontario, and Board of Directors for the Sponsorship Marketing Council of Canada. He is also a founding member of POCAM, People of Color in Advertising and Marketing, an association that advocates the inclusion and advancement of Black, Indigenous, and people of color within the Canadian marketing industry. I know, it's kind of wild. So, welcome to the BSB podcast today. So, it's the first live episode we've ever done. And I say live because we have an audience here. Usually we're in the back doors of somebody's office. Today, we're actually at Brock University doing a really great interview with my friend Julian Franklin, who we're going to talk about in a second. But I just want to take the second to recognize how awesome this is to be able to be at Brock with the students and with a live audience to get full reaction. And we're going to even have Q&A today. So, let's get started with this Episode five, I heard. <laughs> episode five of the podcast. So Welcome, Julian. I'm Marcia, so excited. So glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you awesome. for making the trek from yeah. Toronto. I know that, you know, it can't be what it is, but you're here. I'm here, wouldn't miss it, and this is amazing. And congratulations on the podcast and everything you're doing. So let's have Thank some fun. Thank you. I mean, Julian is the vice president of partnership development and strategy. That's a lot of things. A lot of things. <laughs> at MLSC. For those who don't know, MLSC is Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. This right. is an international podcast. Yeah. Um, for sports and entertainment. So we're going to talk about what your role is currently, but let's talk about a little couple steps back. So how did you start this sport thing? Because a lot of people don't know how to get into sport, especially as students. How did you start your sport journey? Yeah, wow. It's a, it's a great question, and I have a multi-layered answer. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I'll take a step back. My start in sport really was by a happy accident. Okay. Because... If you would have asked the 18 to 20-year-old Julian when he was graduating from high school and going to university what he wanted to be, mm-hmm. he would have said he wanted to be a lawyer. Oh, and so you have Jamaican parents. Yes, I have Jamaican <laughs> parents. That's right. Doctor, lawyer, lawyer engineer, yeah, exactly, BAP. Exactly. So 100%. I was following that path and, you know, really had felt that that was going to be my path. Mm-hmm. And even as a child you know, watch Law and Order, watch LA Law, was really in love with the idea of becoming a lawyer, litigating, and really was somebody who enjoyed public speaking and doing all those things. And, you know, went so far as graduated uh, from the University of Ottawa, which Mm -hmm. is my alma mater. I'm a Gigi. Yeah, we won't tell Tell any Badgers, but I'm a Gigi. (laughs) Uh, And was, you know, was going to be on my way to to law school. I wrote my LSATs and was really considering what my options were as far as law school. And then what happened, back to this happy accident, 
uh, was I was approached with an opportunity to be an intern with the Toronto mm -hmm. Blue Jays. Okay. Um, and and it, was a, it was a summer internship that essentially catapulted my career. Now, how, how I got an internship with the Blue Jays, even back in you know, the 90s, which <laughs> is when, uh, I won't give you my age, but the time <laughs> that I started, you know, really was almost a product of what I was doing as I was coming up in the ranks of being a young teenager and, and in high school. Okay. Very community service oriented. I still continue to be this mm -hmm. to this day. And the town I grew up in, the town of Stovall, Ontario, I was very active in helping uh, create and build uh, the first track and field facility that the town of Stovall ever had. Really? Yeah, and really, you know, the output of that work that, unbeknownst to me, the work that I had done because I'd want to do this for my community, mm -hmm. you know, kind of catapulted what my career is today. And I think it's something that I say to uh, to everybody that's either listening in this podcast around the world or even in this audience, the building blocks of where you are 20, 30 years down the road mm -hmm. really are the foundations of where you were in your first, you know, first to 20 years. Okay. My passion for sport and my passion for community has led me into sports, but it was an indirect path because I thought my passion was going to be into law mm -hmm. and the ability to, to be a public speaker. And so my career started with the Blue Jays. Yep. What That internship turned into a magnificent time. I was with the Jays for seven years. My first job oh. was taking the World Series trophies. Uh, rough life. Yeah, rough life <laughs> on a speaking tour across North America. Oh, so wow. I would drive... Uh, in a yellow rider van with the actual 1992 and 93 World Series trophies, the mm -hmm. authentic ones, in the back, and I would go to schools, I would go to hospitals, I would go to community centers, I would go to, you know, you name every fair in yeah. small town Canada, I would show up with the World Series trophies and speak about the benefit of the World Series coming to Canada, Toronto being the first, Toronto Blue being the first club to win the World Series outside oh, of the U.S., US. and, you know, all that kind of catapulted, you know, my ability to have, um, you know, the chops to public speak, you know, mm -hmm. the courage to be in front of audiences. And really, that was kind of the stepping stone for where, quite frankly, I, I am today. So okay. sports started uh, my career and, and, you know, currently with MLSE. So first of all, you're probably Mr. Popular <laughs> because everybody wanted to get their hands on this trophy back in the day. Yes. And I'm sure if we ever got it back... Do you think he would call you back to come and do it again, or you'd find somebody else to do it? I hope the Blue Jays asked you. I think I did a good job. <laughs> you did a good you know, job. I, I did a good job, you know, because because that, that that internship of of uh, you know speaking with the trophies led mm -hmm. into a full time position with the Jays. Okay. You know, I became their community relations coordinator, and then became their marketing coordinator, and then mm. eventually became a marketing manager for the Jays during my seven year career there. And you know, doing everything from working with our players yep. to our alumni to traveling, you know, around, you know, Canada, uh, the Blue Jays Caravan, which was a big component of, uh, of that as well, which is something that we kickstarted. And we just did a lot of fantastic things. And really, I fell in love with baseball, too, because mm. I wasn't really a baseball, baseball fan. fan. I was more of a, of a footy, as we say here, mm -hmm. or soccer. Or, and I played hockey growing up, but, you know, really didn't understand baseball as much, but really became a huge fan of the Blue Jays and uh, Major League Baseball. So there's two things I want to highlight there. The fact that you didn't even know much about baseball, right. but you got a job at the Blue Jays. Yeah. So many people think you have to know about the sport right. in order to get a job in the sport. So right. that's not accurate. Not accurate. Um, I don't know a lot of things about a lot of things. <laughs> and I still work in sports. Yes. So that's, that's the first myth I want to bust. The other one is people think you have to know, like, how to get into sport. And sometimes you just fall into it. So yeah. you were in university, going to law school, doing all these things, and then a segue led yeah. you into a completely different path. So yeah. how do people position themselves well 
to be able to open something because a lot of people have their blinkers on. A lot of, yeah. a lot of my students are like, I want to do this. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, that's great. Yeah. Always nice to have a goal, but be open enough to accept other opportunities that might give you more information. It's, it's, it's great advice and it's something that, you know, unbeknownst to me, I, I was open, right? Mm -hmm. I, I kept myself open to opportunities. You know, even though I felt that, you know, my path was going to be a, a lawyer, my path was really about being someone who was open to community service, someone who wanted to be in front of people, if someone yeah. who wanted to meet individuals, you know, be outside of my comfort zone, meet those who are going to hopefully uh, down the road help me, but also I would help them. Yeah. And I think that that's something for a lot of us who are just starting out in our university career or even our careers in general. The ability to put your blinders on and focus is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. But the ability to, you know, have the wherewithal to expand your aperture, understand that there's so many other things that you could be doing you know, there's 24 hours a day. Everyone's trying to pack it to be, you know, as effective as possible. Mm -hmm. The focus on on your work is incredibly important. The focus on what's around you, meeting new people, engaging, stepping out of your comfort zone, doing certain things is helpful too. And, yep. you know, for me, you know, it worked out. And mm -hmm. I think that's something I tell a lot of folks, you know, who ask how I got to a certain position or where are you at your certain stage of your career, you know, you are incredibly able to work hard, which we know, yeah. but are you also incredibly open to meeting new people, engaging new opportunities that could lead you in a different path? Mm. So speaking of different paths, so you've come down the road quite a bit. So now you're a VP. So here's my question. I work in partnership. Yeah. People don't know what on earth I do. <laughs> so can you, in layman's terms, explain to people what partnership is in the sports space yeah. and then tell us what you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, partnerships, are all about relationships, right? Uh, and relationships are, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but relationships are incredibly important to me. Like mm -hmm. I thrive on building relationships. That's how I get my cup filled, meeting people, helping people, learning about what makes people, you know, so unique and special, and then hopefully imparting some of that yeah, unique and special aspects of myself to them and creating a relationship. Right. That's what partnerships are. Like partnerships for us, you know, currently, you know, my time at Maple Leaf Sport and Entertainment has been fantastic. I've been with them just uh, the better part of two years. Already? And yeah, it goes oh, pretty quickly. Well, just under, it's under that amount, <laughs> but it, go, it goes by fast. And it's really about knowing that our brands and our teams are something that really have an emotional connection to 20 plus million fans across Canada. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think of the Toronto Maple Leafs, when you think of TFC, when you think of the Raptors and the Toronto Argos, you know, we are driving, you know, really what is the life and heartbeat of a city, yep. especially when the team's doing well. I mean, yeah. even, yes, you know, as we as we do this podcast, our, our Raptors have gone through some changes. Mm -hmm. Top top of the bill news on Twitter. Yes. Uh, you know. I mean X. Yeah, yes. I mean X, you know, uh, all social media feeds on, what, on what's happening. Yeah. But really, when you think about, you know, Sport, sport is culture, mm -hmm. and, and that really drives what is what's keeping people, you know, excited about what's going on with your city, what's going on with the players, and what's going on, you know, in things that are, are moving forward to really drive what is excitement about exciting about sports. Brands want to be a part of that, and yeah, partnerships for us are incredibly important because those brands who are some of the top brands in the world, when you think of great partners like mm -hmm. Google and AWS, et cetera, you know, how are they really tapping into their consumer and you know, benefiting in, and working with brands that really drive the passion of a particular you know, uh, subsection within the, within the country? And really, partnerships helps drive that and, and accentuate what their values are yeah. and then helps uh, identify what our values are in return. And we're able to have that one plus one equals yeah, three. Yeah, alignment is super yeah. important. Alignment is incredibly important. So when you think about you know, some of you know, the partnerships when you, you know, either here at Brock University 
or you know with MLSE, mm -hmm. how are those driving you know the ability to bring those two things together to really have that one plus one equals three? Okay, and people probably are not as familiar, but partnerships drives the machine for sport. Like with oh, ticket sales are fantastic. Yep. Buy your tickets. Yeah. Ticket sales are fantastic, but partnership really drives that call because the corporate partners put a lot of investment into the sport to be able for it to be on the caliber that it is yep. and be able to compete on the world stage that it is. So it's always cool to see that MLSC is always very innovative yep. in terms of how they execute their partnerships, how they give partners definitive lanes to swim in and give them that certainty that, yes, you can break through the clutter, reach an audience in an authentic way and convey your brand in a, in a positive way to your Canadian audience. You definitely can. And, you know, when you think about our, our partners, you know, our partners are understand that you know our stadiums where our teams play mm -hmm. you know uh, thankfully you know they're 99.9 percent .9 sold out every game um, you know you know when you go to Scotiabank Arena it's a full house coming to see the Leafs and the Raptors mm -hmm. same with TFC same with the Argos but what's almost as equally important is the audiences outside of the stadium yeah. that follow our teams right and okay. when you think about different segments young old black, white, man, woman, you know, following our teams, those are things that are important to brands. So when yeah. you think about a brand who wants to align with what the consumer is saying and what is exciting the consumer to deliver a message, partnerships helps do that because, Correct. you know, for us, thankfully, you know, with our teams, there's almost a 24-7, 365 cycle, mm -hmm. you know, for our teams. There's really no month or week that uh, MLSC teams are not somehow involved, you know, uh, in, in, you know, the calendar year. So, yes. you know, Hopefully, come this spring, we'll have the Leafs mm -hmm. and maybe the Raptors There's, in the playoffs, but we'll the see. The TFC kicks in. The TFC kicks <laughs> in, and then as you move into the summer, the Argos, Argos kick in, in. Mm -hmm. and then as we move out of kind of the summertime, TFC continues to play, and then Leafs and the Raptors start up again, and mm -hmm. so it's, it's a full cycle. So for a lot of brands who want to be able to identify with that, that's a key component. Correct. Partnerships really drives you know, that awareness as well, because when we have partners who understand that they could be in front of a consumer, mm -hmm. as they would say, always on, you know, yep, yep. that really is something that also provides kind of that, uh, that foundation. So it is something that is a two-way street. And again, back to what I was saying, you know, the two of us together, one plus one equals three. Equals three. Yeah. Don't, don't tell your friends that that math works. It does not work <laughs> in the real world, okay? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to change gears on you really quick. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, being one of the only black professionals at this level yeah. in sport in Canada, do you ever like take that in and what that means to you as an individual? Or is it like a, do you have a responsibility to make sure representation is there yeah. and why it needs to be there? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. Um, you know, I'm proud to be um, a black leader and a black executive within the sports industry. Mm -hmm. um, I would love there to be more of us, right? I would love there to be a continuation of individuals that are like me, yeah, that are out there. and. There are there are more than me just out there. Yeah. So that you know, so that that that's you know encouraging. But I yes. think there's an opportunity for us to be more, right? Um, you know, so as I was coming up in my career, again, it was always a one of one. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, thankfully, I've been in my career long enough over the last uh, better part of the last two plus decades that I've seen there's a lot more of us within our network within right. the industry, right? And, you know, whether that we're at a coordinator level or manager level or director level or VP level or, you know, even a C-suite, CEO level, there's more of us that are there that are, you know, doing a better job of staying connected, yes. for one, but also supporting each other, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that's incredibly important as we look at 
many of the individuals who are coming up and saying, where, where, where do I fit in? Mm -hmm. Where am I able to plant my flag? Because I want to, you know, be a part of the sports industry. I have something to give. And yes. we see this so, you know, you know, so apparent in so many other, you know, walks of life. Like how are sports not having a better representation mm -hmm. uh, within the Canadian landscape. I think it's a, you know, it's a question that continues you know, to need a proper answer. Myself, yourself, mm -hmm. many others are doing what we can. Um, I'm incredibly proud of what I've done uh, it, to this point, but I still think there's a lot more to go and a lot more doors for me to continue to open to support and bring uh, many of us that look like us into uh, the fold. So yeah. It's funny because on the last episode of the BSB podcast, we interviewed your friend, Mark Harrison. Yep, yep. And Mark said, when you look on the fields, you look on the courts, you look on the pitches, it looks very different from what it looks like behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. And we have to do what we can to make sure that there is some more representation there. And, yeah. and don't get me wrong, the last yeah. 10 years has metamorphosized. Yes, definitely, <laughs> it's, definitely, it, yeah. it's definitely accelerated. Correct. But there's a lot, there's a lot more to go. Okay. And, there's, and I think that, you know, Mark's right. I mean... When you look at the field uh, on the fields, you know there is a disproportionate number of black or BIPOC athletes that are doing great things on the field yeah. across the major sports. When you look at what happens in the boardrooms, mm -hmm. when it, what's happening when decisions are being made, you know there's a disproportionate um, lack of non-BIPOC and black <laughs> individuals, like right? Disproportionate. So, so I think that there's there, there's a there's a reality that there's a continuation. Now, what I would say is this: there's work being done, and yes. to your point. Um, Marcia, we've done a lot, but there's a lot for us to go. And as we sit here, you know, right in the middle of uh, Black History Month mm -hmm. or Black Futures Month, as we like to say as well, because yeah. we're looking ahead to the future. That's, you know, for us who are in the audience, but also for us who are in current day, mm -hmm. it's important for us to continue to look back, but we also have to look forward, forward, right? So we know that, you know, hey, if someone like Julian is doing this, mm -hmm. I can do that, you know, and it may not take me. 10 to 15 years to be in Julian's chair, it may take me five to 10, right? And that's how you know that the acceleration of what we're doing yeah. is, uh, is making a difference. Because here's, here's the, uh, the secret that needs to be told. When you're in these boardrooms, you know, the talent, mm -hmm. the level of sophistication, the education and the smarts, we have it, it's there, you know? And that's something that, you know, unless you understand it quite fully, and you, you know, and you don't, you need to be told, do mm -hmm. not doubt yourself. You belong in the room. You, you have the horsepower from an, a talent standpoint, an intelligence standpoint to do the things that need to be done. It's really about how you're continuing to affect change and push forward. So Thanks for we, saying that. we welcome all those in those rooms with us, yeah. you know, because, you know, no, no longer is it just myself, you know, in those rooms. Now there's a couple of others, right? And it's only going to increase more and more and more. So hopefully it'll happen before I retire. Speaking of retirement, <laughs> I love how you just set my yeah. segues up. I appreciate that. It makes my job a lot easier. See, we'll, we'll work close, we'll work right? together. Yeah, See, one-on-one, on one, three. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so how would you describe the space of your career? You've done a number of things in your mm -hmm. career so far. You have done entrepreneurship. You've yes. done consumer packaged goods. Yep. You've worked in sport. Yep. How would you describe this phase of your career? Uh, you know, it's, this is... This is a fun phase of my career. Oh, fun! Yes, We're having I mean, fun. I'm, I'm, wor fun I'm, I'm working um, probably as hard as I ever have, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying it immensely for a couple of reasons. Um, I love to be able to to share and teach, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and now essentially um, coming back into corporate, for lack of a better term, full circle for my career, and engaging now and leading a large team and, and leading, you know, 
uh, quite uh, honestly, is probably the preeminent sports and entertainment organization, you know, in North America, which I'm incredibly proud to be a part of. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun because I'm learning, right? Mm -hmm. You know, MLSC is where the best of the best and the cream of the crop from sports entertainment are residing. This is where people want to get into. This is where people understand that once they get their foot in the door, there's so many things that opens up to what is, quite frankly, an awesome conglomerate company. We're just not a sports and entertainment mm -hmm. company. You know, we, we're top when it comes to food and beverage and restaurants. Yeah. We're top when it comes to, you know, managing facilities. And venue, you know, yeah. we're, we're top when it comes to, you know, nutrition and, and, and athletics. So the, the play on the field is incredibly important. But when you think about the, we put, peel back the layers of the infrastructure, what makes us go, it's fantastic. People you know, don't even really know that we are one of the top, you know, digital companies within Canada because a lot of the stuff that we do, you know, with the uh, brands like AWS and Google are helping yeah. drive what the performance is on the field. So really MLSC, you know, really has become, you know, just this amazing, you know, company that is a talent factory and people want to get in. The best mm -hmm. and the brightest are coming in and we're producing the best and brightest, you know, as they stay with us or exit and go into the workforce. So for me, at my stage of my career, Right now, I'm really getting pushed in mm -hmm. a great way uh, because I'm getting to manage so many, you know, talented, elite-level individuals who come up through, you know, the ranks when it, either either is school or coming up through different uh, aspects of the career to, to land there. You know, my career taking a step back started in sport, and it's funny. It's almost like as I look at kind of my career trajectory, yeah. I'm kind of sort of ending in sport, but in between, you know, before uh, after I'd left the Blue Jays and before I joined MLSC. If you look at my, my middle, mm -hmm. you know, I decided to move into packaged goods yes. and brand marketing and really, you know, understand that what is the story and theory behind why consumers and individuals are attracted to brands, mm -hmm. right? Why, like, you know, why are we doing the things we do and making the decisions around brands? And you really understand kind of, you know, the, the science behind that and what's driving people to make those purchase decisions one over the other. And really my time at companies like Weston Foods yeah. and Kraft Foods really helped kind of codify that. You know, the other component of my career, which is uh, something that really benefited me, was my ability to take risks. And okay. by that, I mean, in the midst of a career, going to the U.S. Mm -hmm. and, you know, taking, an, taking a chance and going to, uh, to live in Chicago mm -hmm. uh, for four years at the midpoint of my career and really learning to see how another market and, quite frankly, the, the biggest market in the world when it comes, you know, to um, consumer packaged yes. goods, yeah. you know, and quite frankly, you know, uh, economies, like how does that work? You know, what's it mean to go there? What's it mean to understand, like, you know, risks are being taken mm -hmm. that can drive revenue, making decisions, leading people, you know, and going outside of your comfort zone. And that really helped me, you know, move to the next phase of my career, which was to step out of packaged goods. Yeah and move into general management and entrepreneurship, mm. you know, and I, you know, had the ability to run a small business, you know, for a number of years and, and have a certain level of success and enjoying that and running my own company um, before uh, being approached to come back into uh, the corporate world with MLSC. So it's kind of gone full circle, but, mm -hmm. you know, all the while, a lot of the um, abilities for me to do what I was able to do, uh, learn, yeah. fail, get back up and Go do again. it again, right? <laughs> or, again. or all about kind of the same things that helped kind of set me up when I got my first job, as I had talked about mm -hmm. before. I you know, the it. ability to understand, you know, about networking, the ability to ha have that vision, resilience, and self-confidence in myself because, quite frankly, as 
a lot of us know who are BIPOC or black, mm -hmm. you know, you have to have that, you know, innate re resilience to do it on your own before you're able to bring more people in. Because it's just, it, you know, there was no silver spoon. There was no step into a role here because, you know, you, I know so-and-so. It was one of these things that I was able to kind of build the foundation and thankfully, mm -hmm. you know, the foundation, I was uh, rewarded by, you know, uh, getting uh, opportunity. So it was good. And I'm happy you said that because not a lot of people really understand that your journey in sport can look very different. And everybody's mm -hmm. path is very different. A lot of people think, okay, I get into sport, yeah. I work in sport, I might just chill out here. Actually, no. Yeah. It can vary. Some people go in and out. Some people go brand side, come totally. back. So it's yeah. definitely about honing your own journey and understanding what works best for your development and the next phase of your career. Yeah, and you, and you can have that focus on sport. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong it's with having that focus. There's nothing wrong at all. But know that your commitment to sport is going to be matched by somebody else's commitment to sport. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone says that they love sports in this room. I love sports. But if you love sports know that you need something that's going to differentiate yourself because loving Correct. sports almost can be table stakes, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that is almost that expectation when you come into, into this role. Uh, that's almost that expectation that I'm going to work late nights, I'm going to be up mm -hmm. early mornings. There's a lot of us that are doing that. <laughs> Everybody's doing that. <laughs> and everyone's tired, right? <laughs> but what is your differentiator, yeah, right? And so we want, we want more BIPOC and black individuals in sport but know that you know the ability to work hard is just a table stakes. Mm -hmm. What is your unique selling proposition? What is your authentic self that's going to be able to differentiate you? Mm -hmm. And then once you have that, lean into it because it's only yours, right? No one else can replicate that. that, right? And that's going to be something that's going to be a differentiator. So we have to differentiate ourselves, be open-minded. I'm trying to keep track mm. of all the advice you're like yeah. dropping now. Just because at the end of it, I'm going to do a quiz because we're at school. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're not doing any quizzes. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know this, but your family... Is a sport family. Sport family. Yeah. Like top to bottom. Yeah. So it's true. How does that happen? So how do you? <laughs> is it influential? Is it something like, oh my God, this is so cool. Yay, let's all do it. Yeah. Or is it something where I saw opportunities based on somebody else going ahead of me? Like I'm just so curious how that whole thing unfolded. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is really interesting when you take a look back mm -hmm. at it because we're, we're living in a really unique time for my for myself, uh, my brother, yes. and, and my and my son, uh, you know. So for the the, the benefit of the podcast, mm -hmm. um, you know, my uh, my brother is Jermaine Franklin, yep. uh, anchor uh, on the desk on TSN. Uh, you know, he's been with uh, TSN for the better part of uh, twenty years. Mm -hmm. uh, was a reporter in Calgary for sixteen years, then moved uh, back home to Toronto and has been on the desk for the better part of the last three and a half four years. And, and, you know, Jermaine and I, you know, even though I'm the older brother and a few years You apart, are the older I'm one? The, I am the older. Thank you for saying oh, that. Oh, I didn't know. So, no, honestly, I thought that. Jermaine thank was you, the older thank one. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. This is live, right? This yes, recording. There, there's He's no the laugh one. track. That's, okay. a real, that's real laughter yes. out there. Yeah, Thanks so, for clearing that yeah, up. Yeah, so, um, so Jermaine, Jermaine is the young one, but, you know, he is taller. He's 6'4", so don't worry. So, um, But, you know, uh, his passion and my passion... Uh, were really about just, you know, how can we continue to kind of support each other in, in, the, in the world of sports? Jermaine mm -hmm. saw that my um, opportunity with the Blue Jays was something that, you know, he was interested in, but from mm -hmm. a different angle. He always wanted to be in front of the camera, and media was something that was a passion for him. For him. And he started his journey, um, you know, doing radio, um, working, you know, long nights and, you know, early mornings in a, in the, with the, the Fan 590 Cruiser yeah. and, and doing a lot of, you know, uh, radio interstitials. Mm -hmm. And then 
working, you know, with um, Rogers TV and Toronto Star TV and kind of just building up his repertoire until finally, you know, he got his break and it worked uh, quite hard to get it and was very successful and continues to be successful at TSN. Okay. Um, and then, you know, um, my oldest uh, mm -hmm. son, Kobe, uh, Kobe uh, is, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of cool to say, he's a professional athlete. You're living in my yeah, dream right yeah, now. Did yeah. I tell you this before? You're yeah. living in my whole dream. Like, he, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So, <laughs> my son is a professional athlete. Yeah, he is a professional yeah. athlete. Uh, athlete. He uh, is the uh, starting right back for mm -hmm. Toronto FC. Uh, and uh, Kobe is in, going into his second year. Uh, he was a rookie last year with TFC. Uh, and really, you know, has had a fantastic journey, even though he's incredibly young, he's still 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, really showed, you know, the ability of living out a dream, which he had, uh, since he was four years old to become a professional athlete, uh, soccer, as, as we call in house footy, it was his passion. He really honed his craft. Uh, he became, you know, elite at, at his level mm -hmm. and really now uh, continues to, to do what he needs to do. And it's great to see where he is in his career, yeah. even though it's just beginning. Um, you know, it's a journey that, quite frankly, uh, we're hoping and praying that it continues to be quite successful for him. So, so with Jermaine... Oh, wait. He played with Messi last year. Yeah, yes, like, you're right. That Th in there. Thank you for putting that in. Anytime. He, and he <laughs> did play with Lionel Messi, who uh, is his idol. And Ooh. so very. It, it's one of these things that, you know, at such a young age, at, you know, 19, 20, getting to play with your idol, yeah. being on the same pitch as your idol, doing something that, quite frankly, you love. And, you know, he, as he could say, I've been doing this all my life, Dad. Mm -hmm. And it's, even though his life is only 19 years long, but you know, <laughs> it's but it's, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's like, you know, how do you get that? You know, he, he achieved your goals already. So, mm -hmm. so young, but, um, you know, but he has a lot of things that he's, uh, driven towards that, that were, you know, our, our fingers crossed as a family that we help, hope to look forward to. I know that, you know, this upcoming season is going to be incredibly important. Mm -hmm. I know that his journey and maturation as a professional athlete is going to be incredibly important as we look at the World Cups and he, yep. you know his hope for yep. the national team, what that means for him in 2026 and beyond. So there's there's lots of things that you know we're incredibly proud of. You know both of Kobe as well as uh, Jermaine. You know on the on the sports side. And then last but not least, mm -hmm. you know we sit here today at Brock University. And uh, our second son, Kalen, is in his first year. Can we? Uh, he's in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> he's taking his first year of sports management at Brock yeah. University. And it's something that, you know, quite honestly, it's important to him that he sees, you know, not only his family and his father and others and his brother being engaged and doing well at this level, so he knows that it's possible, but also, you know, to help support, quite frankly, the number of us who are trying to make our way in sports yeah. management who are black and BIPOC. So, you know, we're very proud of, uh, of Kalen for starting his journey, proud of Kobe for just, you know, in the throes of his beginning of his journey. And then my brother doing um, all that he's doing at TSN. You guys just a small flex. <laughs> no big deal, right? Yeah. Well, let me go get my family yeah, together because yeah. I don't know what we're doing over here. No, no we, we still <laughs> argue over turkey dinner and all sorts of stuff. Don't like, worry. Who yeah, gets yeah, the yeah, leg? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> so I want to, as we kind of close down, because I want to be able to open up to the audience so they can ask their questions. I think I'm just hogging the mic at this point. Yeah. Um, what would you want other people to know about working in sport business? Yeah, I mean... The sport business is what you imagine it is, right? Um, it's incredibly fun. It's incredibly passionate. It's incredibly fulfilling. There's highs, there's lows. But, you know, it is an amazing place to be in. And if you love sports, you know, you want to continue to be in this role. Like, like university um, will lead you to hopefully an opportunity 
-hmm. opportunity will lead you into your first role. That opportunity as you grow will lead you to another role in sports. And you know, know that the people within the, within the industry are fantastic. Uh, know that you know, you'll be able to have an ability to lead a, you know, a conversation at a, at a cocktail hour anytime because people always want to be curious about your job. They want to know what <laughs> sports is going on. What do you know about who, what, where? Yeah, give me the, Player give me the trades, scoop. Give me the scoop, you know, <laughs> what's happening. Um, and then, you know, the one thing that um, we're super excited about as you look at the future, there's so many things that are going to be happening, mm -hmm. you know, within the world of sport over the next couple of years. You know, I've mentioned our MLSE teams, but when we look at some of the biggest global events that are going to be happening, FIFA World Cup coming yep. in Toronto. That's wild. It's something that, you know, for me personally, I could talk for hours about what that's going to mean for our city, mm -hmm. what that's going to mean to have the global game coming to Canada. And, you know, at, at this time when our men's team is starting to go like this, our women's team, which recently won the gold medal, you know, and then continue to do well in yeah. World Cup, like those, those are things that are going to be drivers. But then on another level, you know, what sports means and at an amateur level, mm -hmm. you know, to so many of the communities and universities across the country. So it is what you think it is um, because of the people. It is what you think it is because of the thrill and the emotional aspect of what you're building in, in your brand. So I would say, you know, you're in the right place, but your journey to stay here or get there is your own journey. So know that the effort that you'll make is going to be matched by the effort that people beside you are going to make, mm -hmm. but also know that the differentiator is what you have inside that's going to drive you to your next level. So that's what I would say about sports. Okay. I think you said a lot of good things, and it's mostly about the people. I would yeah. agree with that. Working with people that you like matters a lot, yeah. and that you can build good relationships with, because you, you, you do things with people that you like. Yeah. So a lot of the industry is like that. I'm going to just preface this second. If you like to ask Julian a question, and we're going to like segue that, but there's a microphone right here, and you'll be able to come up to the microphone after my last two questions. I want yeah. to give you enough time to think of a question, because if we don't have one, boys, it's not going to be a fun experience. <laughs> so think of a question. <laughs> And ask it, but I'm going to continue talking to you. Mm -hmm. um, here's my, this is, this is a staple question for the podcast. Right. Why is it necessary to be black in sport business? Yeah, great question. Um, it's necessary because we need to see each other mm -hmm. who are in the industry. I need to know that Marsha is doing what she is doing in the industry, and I need to keep supporting and bigging up Marsha. On the, on this, on the other side, Marsha needs to see Julian mm -hmm. because she needs to know that, you know, there's someone who is an ally within yeah. the industry that can help her get where she needs to go. And then quite frankly, she could say, I see myself in that role. And knowing that there's an executive, you know, at one of the preeminent sports entertainment companies in North America that looks like me, is like me, and I can, and I can have that connection. Right. It's also important for many of us, as we talked about earlier, to have the influence in the boardrooms mm -hmm. in the sport that quite frankly, in a lot of, in a lot of cases, yeah, we are the majority, right? So there needs to be that counterbalance, mm -hmm. you know? So the disproportionality needs to be leveled out. And so it's important, you know, for us to do that, but also it's important for us not to be shy about the fact that we are black, yeah. we are BIPOC, we're in sport, and this is something that we're meant to be here. So I, I'm proud, you know, I've, outside of being in sports, mm -hmm. always been proud of my, my family, always been proud of my heritage, always been proud of my race, and I continue to accentuate that in many different ways. But, you know, it's incredibly important as we talk about sports for us to do this for each other. Yeah. Uh, so individuals can take this and whether it's a minute of this, a second of it, or the last 40 minutes to build where they need to go.
um, because we need those individuals in our, in our industry. We definitely do. And it's important for us, because I mean, something as simple as you can see it, you can be it, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's for us to actually kind of know how far we can go. So, well, okay, cool. If Julian is there, that means it's attainable. Yes. And it makes it yeah. way more believable for me to kind yeah. of push myself, because at least I know it's a possibility I'll get there. Yeah, and there'll be lots of disappointment. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah that, and that's the thing. <laughs> there'll be a ton of disappointment. Mm -hmm. uh, there'll be, you know, things that aren't fair. Uh, there's going to be things that, you know, quite frankly, um, are going to be roadblocks going to be put in your way uh, that are going to test us, mm -hmm. right? They're going to test you as an individual. Um, only you know how much you can take. Uh, only you know, you know, am I going to go through or am I going to go around? Yeah. Uh, only, only you know, you know, how, how strong your, your support system is outside of, the, outside of the office, you know, to get you where you need to go. So I think those are things that are up to the individual because, you know, in this industry and even in any industry, it's not set up for us to have a golden path. And as long as we all know that, um, that helps us do what we need to do to be successful mm -hmm. because nothing was handed to us, as we both as know. We, know. Yeah. Um, we take it, but we weren't, it wasn't given to us, right? Uh, so we've had to build it in different ways. Uh, and it's something that, quite honestly, you know, I share that as a story to say, you know, um, my path is different from your path, but our paths were similar in the fact that we had to fight, we had to be resilient, we had to understand what, you know, needs to be, you know, relevant to going around or going through, and then also having this support. So I would say keep yourself focused on that because we need more individuals like us in the industry to stick around. Yeah, right? I agree. The retention is super important. Yeah. Well, those are all my questions. Okay. I think this was a fantastic conversation. You know, I loved it. I think, I think it was great. Thank I you. thought it was clap, clap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't think it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Are there any questions for Julian, myself? Anybody? We, we answered everything? Oh, Jordan, go. Good to see you, Julian. Um, you touch upon some really important things and how the sports and entertainment business is, you know, really fun and being, being immersed into the experience is really good. Um, but I kind of want to ask you kind of some of the hardships and how you kind of overcame that and, and what directions that people who are just getting in the industry can take. And it's not going to be, you know, a linear path. It's going to be all the way around and kind of like what steps, um, if, if that's going to come up in, you know, someone's career, how they're going to take that, that next step in that direction. Thank, thank, thanks for the question. It's a great question, Justin. Um, I would say a couple of things. You know, I, I definitely experienced hardships throughout my career um, in, in different areas. I think, you know, obviously being the one of one in a lot of a lot of spaces without in my career is something that you're you're consciously and subconsciously aware of and by that you know understanding that sometimes you know speaking your mind um, is not as as easily done as as it is with others in the room right mm -hmm. um, I, I always you know talk about the, you know the subconscious support that uh, groups have when there's a similarity in yes. you know in look and feel and voice and you know, we all went to the same school. We mm -hmm. all look the same. We mm -hmm. all do these things a certain way. You know, it's not that it's sameness, but there's a there's, there's a comfort <laughs> zone in that. And so in a lot of cases in the early part of my career, I'm stepping into a space where there's, there's a comfort zone for the individuals that are already there, right? And so, you know, what did that look like? That looked like, you know, 
my ideas, you know, uh, being, you know, discounted. That looked like maybe not getting uh, the advancement as quickly as I thought I should have. Uh, that that also looked like, you know, the fact that maybe, you know, my maybe I was too loud. Maybe I was too gregarious. Maybe, you know, how how does how does he fit into kind of what we're doing here? And I think now, you know, those hardships um, were resilience helped build resiliency in myself. I think what I ended up doing quite well is as well as I always had a certain self, self-confidence in kind of my own abilities. And as I would say to a lot of folks, um, if you have that self-confidence, it'll come out in different ways. For me, it was like understanding that I could do a lot of things in bringing people together mm-hmm. to create big, long-standing, equitable flagpole events that really were, you know, uh, kind of the tantamount of my career, right? Okay. People understand when they look at my uh, resume, a lot of things that I've done you know, in each of the places I've been, it's like I leave a legacy behind, mm-hmm. whether it is, you know, events such as, you know, Blue Jays level of excellence. I could say that that was a program that I helped found and start or Craft Hockeyville. You know, that's a program that I helped deliver and make to a, take it to the next level, mm-hmm. both in the U.S. and Canada. And, you know, and then other, you know, tentpole events that are across, um, you know, my CV I can say those are things that I'm a part of because I embrace that about my own, you know, uh, ability. Those are hardships that I look to, uh, those are, sorry, those are benefits I look to overcome those hardships because you're always going to be, you know, um, in the beginning of your career fighting kind of that doubt and that mm-hmm. inequity because you are, quite frankly, one of one in these, in these boardrooms. But it's getting better and it's not that there was any element of... Um, injustice or malice that was put towards me in a certain way it's just that you know that comfort level I did not get right yeah. uh, that my peers got you know to make mistakes uh, but I overcame that in my own way so that's what I would say that uh, hopefully is uh, helpful as you kind of start your journey oh, thank you. appreciate it yeah, we have another question Hi, friend. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? Uh, I'm happy to see you made the trip to St. Catharines, so thank you both for coming. Uh, Mr. Franklin, uh, question for you, sir. Uh, I'm curious, given your uh, formidable resume and career, what would you tell any young person or somebody that's mid-career trying to make a transition? Like, what, what would you say to them uh, with respect to kind of this conversation about sponsorship versus mentorship? Mm. Right, so um, I don't want to mess up the quote here, but I do recall uh, Kim Davis, I believe, is an SVP at the NHL. Yeah. Right. And I listened to an interview that really resonated with me. She said, mentors, you know, uh, they tell you, right? They can talk to you and tell you how to do things, how to navigate. Sponsors sell you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. I think what I've recognized in my journey is that I've got a ton of mentors, amazing mentors, yeah. some in this room right now. Sponsors? I don't know if I could say I have sponsors in the same way because right. I haven't seen the benefit of maybe what that sponsorship would look like. So right. I'm just curious if you could speak to that for a moment. Thank you. It's a great question, I you know, and I think it, it's it's one that I would say we we continue to be challenged with that because mentorship does you know I can provide you advice, mm-hmm. I can help guide you, but ultimately at the end of the day, in a lot of cases, individuals are looking. I need a job. I want to, I want to move up. I want to understand how I can become, get from manager to director. And oh, by the way, if you can help me understand getting manager director, mm-hmm. can you put me on, right? And quite honestly, those are things that, you know, are much more difficult to do, right? Um, because of so many factors. There's only so many roles. 
that individuals um, are, are going for that can happen. And there's, quite frankly, only so many opportunities that we have when it comes to spending dollars and budgets to, to make those happen. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that, you know, from my level, I'm continuing to see how I can be not only a mentor, but a sponsor for a few individuals who, quite honestly, I know, I see their journey, and that engagement is there. So I think that, you know, people in my position, um, we need to continue to be held accountable and tasked to that. How are we helping individuals get into organizations, stay in organizations at certain levels, and then quite honestly continue to advocate for them? So I think, you know, we do not have a magic wand, but I think we do have the ability to kind of put people on and talk through that. And I think Kim's... Uh, I know Kim, mm -hmm. um, I know the great work she's done with the NHL and kind of what they continue to do. Um, and it's something that for me, in different parts of the of MLSE and even outside of MLSE through my contacts, um, you know, for the individuals that I know well, that I feel that I, we can, I can help and sponsor, put them on is really a component of what I do on a daily basis. So. Thanks for your question. question. Yes, go ahead. We have one more question. Yeah, hi. So I, I'm a personal scholar and I'm an international student. Yeah. And I'm also actually studying sport management here as well. Uh, so my question is more related to how would someone who wants to get into business in general or sports business but isn't from here, mm -hmm. uh, how would they get, you mentioned foot in the door, because it's obviously slightly different. Uh, how would somebody like me or anybody else try and go through that path? So it's a great question, and I think, you know, the, the best way I could answer it is, you know, over the next 24 months, two and a half years, okay, let's say 27 months, um, you know, especially in the GTA with the World Cup coming, mm -hmm. um, with the growth of different sports, you know, uh, you know, Cricket World Cup and those elements are coming as well, mm -hmm. you know, how are, how are you able to maybe focus on areas that you feel that you're your time is going to be able to be valued, whether it's volunteering or being engaged in that way. Because I think for an international student such as yourself, you know, you may not have the benefit of some of the preset, you know, uh, networking, mm -hmm. you know, elements that individuals may have. You know, you're coming to uh, coming to Canada, so welcome, first and foremost. Thank you for coming. Thank you for giving us your, your time, your best and your brightest efforts, you know, to come to, to Brock, but also come to Canada. Uh, it's a story that, you know, of resilience that many of us want, you know, at an entry level that you can build, right? We, we at MLSE, you know, uh, have the benefit of having international students working in, in our departments, uh, and we see what they can bring. But I do think that, you know, those are very rare because of just the fact we don't have that many roles. Mm -hmm. But I do think the ability to be open to volunteering, be open to networking, and be open to coming to events like this, to build up your awareness, your name, your repertoire is kind of your first step. And then once that step is established, know that you cannot move off of that step. You have to continue networking and building and building your portfolio and starting fresh in this in this country. In this, uh, you know, this industry is going to be required because there's just so many people that are trying to get in, right? And again, back to your differentiator because the hard work is going to be there, but that's going to be tables like your differentiator and maybe being focused, maybe understanding, you know, who you need to talk to to kind of work that, um, you know, ability to kind of be a volunteer or do something, uh, you know, on off hours to get your name out there is going to be key. And hopefully it's going to um, resonate over the next couple of years for you to do something. But a lot of good things are happening mm -hmm. in uh, Toronto as well as Ontario over the next couple of years for someone who's in sport management. Just to piggyback on Julian really quick. Yes, volunteering is super important. I tell my students all the time, it's not what you know, is not who you know, it's who knows you. Mm -hmm. 
So you have to be able to put yourself in a position where you can know people and they can know you as well. Yeah. I know Barack and Michelle. Barack and Michelle do not know me. <laughs> this is the reason why we're doing what we're doing, right? So it's important for you to be put in a position where you get to meet as many people as you can. Yeah. Um, sport is a people game. Yeah. And you have to establish good relationships. Some of them might work, some of them might not, but it's all about putting yourself out there and you have to give yourself a chance to actually want to succeed in that space. So volunteering is a good way to do it. Nice and soft entry. Or you can start even reaching out for informational interviews and getting people to like talk, talk to you about their careers, what they're doing. I think those things will help a lot, but you have to really put yourself out there in order for the opportunities to come your way. And I, I'm going to put uh, MG, because I call her MG, but Marshawn a little bit. Like... Um, there was a gap in our industry, and that's how BSB was created. She's like, look, like this is an industry that I love. I'm doing all the right things, but I'm seeing something. There's a gap that I'm not speaking to me, and I need something that speaks to me. So she created a brand. She you know, started. This podcast is a part of a journey, right? Because before this podcast... We would have events, right? You know, like <laughs> yes, at, at parks where you just, hey, maybe it's, you know, anybody who's black in, in sports industry, come out, let's have a, you know, let, let's have a drink, cut mm -hmm. a cake and just hang out for an hour or two, like in a park, you know, and then it turned into Marsha now getting her name known and then sitting on panels across North America with ESPN and sponsorship X and doing all these things. And then all the while she's still, you know, doing what she's doing with her, her day job with CBC. And so what it, the lesson is, is, you know, at any age or any part of your career, if there's a gap that you see, you have the ability to, to take it on and do it yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and, because you can, right? And I think people, once people see that, people will follow you. And then people will understand you're a subject matter expert. And then people will be like, I'm going to go to you to, to help identify the need that I have within this industry. And then the most important thing, as you do that, remember the people that you meet. Re-engage so they remember who you are, yep. because, and also if you lead with the right level of empathy, people are going to want to help you, right? And it just kind of snowballs over and over. So I would say that, um, you know, volunteering, networking, and if you see a gap, build it. Build it yourself, right? And it'll, it'll it. come, right? There's so many gaps. Fill yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fill all the gaps. Yeah. Well, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. You had, you had a good time? Yeah. Would you come back? I'll come back anytime. anytime okay, we'll do it again. Anytime. So we have completed the first live recording of the BSB podcast, episode five. Check it out online when it comes online. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. So thank you guys for being such a participatory audience. Clap yourselves. We don't, we don't get applause. I'm going to like milk it out. Awesome. So check out episode five. And thank you guys for your time. We hope to continue to make the sport business space as lucrative as it can be. So thank you for listening to the BSB podcast. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yes. Good. Thank you. I